0: Once, once the habit started, the magic happened. All right, so you're going to offend everyone, but you got to do it if you want to be serious about this. Is you train people how to, how to interact with you, he is an excellent boundary person. I,
1: I don't know anybody who's successful at a high level in business that doesn't have those boundaries, though. Uh, I don't either. How to, could you? Right. If you had to give it a number, how many floats do you think it takes the average person to kind of enter where that magic is happening?
0: I'm glad you asked that. We tell everyone who's like, I'm interested in floating. Go three times. If you think you've got it all figured out, you definitely don't. It's that stuff everyone knows about, but believe it because it is real. It's those small bites that get you everywhere.
1: You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, keep listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast or go visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncie's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is, is the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy is an innovator. All right, my self-optimizing friends. Welcome to the OPP. Uh, it's Thursday, new episode. Uh, if you're not listening on Thursday, happy whatever day of the week it is for you guys. Um, <laughs> so that's that's our guest, Shane Stott, laughing in the background. Uh, we're going to get to Shane in just a minute, but, but Shane, say hi, and, and thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. So... Uh, For you guys listening, um, like I said, we'll get to Shane and and the good stuff here in just a minute. Uh, Before we do that, I want to take a minute to uh, read uh, a few of the um, reviews that we've gotten on iTunes. Please go to iTunes and leave us, uh, hopefully, a five-star review. Um, Let us know how much you like the show. So This week, we've got one from Aubrey P. She says, I love the Natural Stacks products. And your podcast is awesome. Thanks for doing what you do. So Aubrey, thank you for that. And uh, for you guys listening, go leave us some love. We'll read your reviews on the air. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with some Natural Stacks products too. So how's that for incentive? Um, okay, so a couple other pieces of housekeeping information. Um, you guys make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of every episode um, in the blog post that blog post also has links resources show notes books studies all the cool stuff that we mentioned on the show so that you can follow up go down that rabbit hole and continue your education process on whatever that topic is for for any given week Uh, and and please share the OPP with your friends and family anybody you know who would enjoy uh, and or benefit from the things that we're doing here Uh, Share this with them, help us spread the message, and help us help more people. All right, so public service announcement is over. Shane, welcome to the OPP. You ready to rock this thing? For sure, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Okay. So quick bio on on Shane for you guys listening. Uh, Shane is a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, He runs Zen Float Co., which is a float tank manufacturing company. Uh, they're in Salt Lake City, Utah. He also helps run a family business that's got about 40 employees or so. Uh, he's also the author of The Float Tank Cure. Uh, he's a speaker. He's all over the place. He's a really great guy, and we're really looking forward to bringing you some awesome information. So, uh, Shane, anything that I missed in that intro?
0: No, you, that was pretty good. I'm working on another book, but we can chat about that okay. later, too.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's jump right in. Um, your blog, your website's really cool. We'll have a link to that on the show notes and, and oh, thanks, you, you can plug it um, just so I don't say it incorrectly. But I was checking it out. You have some really cool blogs. I like your style. I like the way you write. I like the way you try to help people with that, uh, that mental side of you know getting from where they are to where they want to be. Um, so one of the things that, that you talk about is taking action and thinking less. Can you elaborate yeah. on that philosophy?
0: Yeah. So I've been in both seats. I've been in the seat where I think a lot with a little action and where I take a lot of action and think little. And by far, without a doubt, the, I would say the seat that gets me where I want to go is the action seat every time, man. And, and in action, you can change and do anything. You can change uh, direction, change speed, change what you're going to do. I mean, it's kind of an overview, but the action seat. And I mean, so many uh, guys in the, in the history, of man, I guess you would say, have quoted that same type of thing, and I've realized it too. And now, when I read their quotes, I'm like, "That was much bigger than I realized." But it's it's all about action. I have no extra brain power for sure. Actually, ask my wife. There's not a lot of extra brain power. So,
1: <laughs> well, you might have just lost a bunch of listeners on the Optimal Performance Podcast. We had a lot of smart people. <laughs> well, <so.
0: laughs> I'm extra humble. Hear me out. See okay. what you think of my brains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, just a quick question, and talking about. Uh, Great thinkers, doers, achievers—past are those people that you watch and study, or is it just you've come across the quotes and said, "You know, man, those were right on."
0: Yeah, I'm kind of. I like the quote stuff, and uh I just kind of, man, they were right on thing where I've seen them and I'm like, wow, I've discovered that now, and I realize why you were saying that. So,
1: gotcha. So, yeah. I think I agree with this. I think you know, this is something that so many people need to live and embody. You know, I think in our society. Now more than ever with with the way that information is so available and there's so many books and and courses and there's so many things that you can do. Yeah, I think it's like people, I see it a lot. A lot of people ask for help and they want to, they have this tendency to want to collect all that information first, become an expert before they even begin whatever it is they're trying to do. Why do you think that is?
0: Uh I I think people put too much value on the information. I know a lot of people who listen constantly to audiobooks and they they read they they have books they show them off like medals and they believe <laughs> that's the achievement and that's just uh that's kind of possibility. That's um what's the word? It's um I'm losing the word, but that's pot- oh, potential. Right. I mean the the knowledge is the potential, but the without the action it's nothing. It's totally nothing.
1: Yeah, I think that that's always something that I find interesting is you know how people collect books on their shelf, but it's like if you have all that knowledge but you're not implementing it, it's useless and
0: and it's shown off constantly, right? And and, I, and it's more than that; it's the action that makes it come to life in reality. So I'm I was, just the action.
1: I'm, I, if anything, I'd be the action guy. Gotcha. I was really lucky. I had a mentor early on that told me to stop collecting books on my bookshelf, and he said when you when you have a book and you're reading it. If there's an aha moment in the book, then you put the book down and you implement whatever that thing is. Why? And and if you never pick the book up again, who cares? You got the one thing out of it that you needed. But of course, you know, I do. I go back to the book and I read them. But uh that's something that's always stuck with me. And I think that's something that it, it goes hand in hand with what you're talking about. Totally right. And honestly, if I
0: if I think about what I get out of books, because I'm I'm an avid audible listener. I like to read when I can, but it's usually one nugget, maybe two. And you're putting in six, eight, ten hours on a book, and then uh, the one nugget might change everything, though. Yeah. But I, I'm, action during that book, knew that's wise, what that guy said. Yeah. yeah. So
1: speaking of action, um, our last week's podcast was on a similar thread. We had uh, Maria Granberg, who just climbed Mount Everest. And if you guys have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. Maria is amazing. But she talks about one of her coaches and mentors uses a, a phrase called uh, action creates energy. And that's that's A.C.E. And the guy who says this is actually a tennis coach. So he he shortens it to ace. Um, but that same mentor I had always says, you know, something like motion creates emotion. You start your day with the motivation station.
0: Yes. You read this one. It's yeah. kind
1: of weird. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What What is it and, and why do you do this?
0: All right, so I've I've been a gym dropout for many many years. Um I've I've right. tried
1: So, hold but, on. You're 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 the action guy, but you have a hard time being consistent with going to the gym? Yes.
0: And okay. and it's it's if it's not the easiest thing to just wake up and take the action and maybe that's having a gym at your home, which in the case for me the motivation station is right. I had to minimize all barriers of entry to get working out in the morning. I love it. So so the motivation station, I, this is, I'll just tell you exactly what happened. I read the miracle morning. Someone told me about it and totally inspired me. And I, I knew I could commit to 30 days and I knew, I knew I needed muscle and resistance training. I couldn't just run and do cardio for me. I wanted my body, all my muscles to get a workout. So I I found this row machine that it's not a typical row or it's not just backwards. It's you pull back and you push forward and you pull back and you push forward so it's extension, it's contraction, yeah, and...
1: You have the machine, you have a picture of the machine on the blog post, and for people listening, if you're not watching, it doesn't look like that traditional concept two rower that you would see, like, no. in a CrossFit. It's not that kind of a rowing machine. It looks more not like all. the original, like, uh... It's like what you'd see in those airplane magazines, like what the the original Tabata protocol was invented on.
0: Huh. I'm not familiar with
1: that. So, um, I'll just keep running on it, but, uh...
0: I, one of the things I'm big into too is, um, the motivational videos and they talk about how it's temporary. Why do you always watch motivational videos? i I watch them five days a week for 30 minutes since last year, October. So about a year and it just washes my brain with that same stuff. It's burned in my brain and success and the thoughts are burned in my brain. And, and Darren Hardy, one of my mentors, he's, he's the guy who's like, Hey, read 20 books or excuse me, read one book 20 times not 20 books one time. So, dude, I grabbed my favorite YouTube videos. I put them on an old big screen we had. It was super heavy, and so I put it in front of the rower, and I have a 30-minute session, and it plays, and it burns my brain, and I burn my body. And at the end, I actually I do planking to get that core, mm-hmm. and I do pull-ups for some lats, and then I sit. And in that state of total workout and all the endorphins and the body's feeling great, I sit, and I think what I'm thankful for and I say what I'm going to do. I never ask the universe for anything because I think the universe knows what I need. I just say thanks and tell, tell the universe what I'm going to do. So you can read into that all you want, but <laughs> <laughs> this works for me.
1: So this is like the very first thing you do. You, you get out of bed and you go to this room.
0: Yeah. And in fact, if I know it's going to be an early morning, I put a five hour on my bedside, pop the five hour, Roll downstairs, thirty minutes at six a.m. five days a week, and it wow. works like a charm.
1: We're gonna have to change the five-hour energy to some smart some caffeine stacks. and some siltep. Yes, send it over, dude. <laughs> I will be. I will be your biggest promoter. <laughs> uh, so, so you get out of bed, you go do this, and and it does. It, it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the day because you've, like you said, you've kind of washed your brain with this positivity you you've done your gratitude you're you're centering yourself you're setting your intention and you're getting that activity so i mean that's a that's a very powerful way to start the day
0: oh it's an, to throw one more thing i have a uv light mounted to the tv yeah. so i get the uv and if that has any credit um i'm trying to pack everything i can pack into that 30 40 minutes and it kind of makes me a little bit of a really a nut job in a great way. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Well,
1: I mean, that's, that's the epitome of biohacking your morning. And that's, that's the stuff we love on this show is we, we love talking to people who are successful and finding these little things that, that you do that, you know, help put you in what you would consider your state of optimal performance on any given day. So, you know, whether it's one aspect of this that our listeners take and, and implement into their life or whether it's the whole thing, uh, you know that it's highly beneficial to hear what other people are having success with
0: can i throw one more twist on it
1: too yeah, absolutely so the miracle morning you
0: can get a lot more than what i got out of it but one nugget i got out of the miracle morning was it's not about how much sleep you get it's about you trade in that little bit of sleep for the workout for the sweat for the for your routine and you don't break it and for me that was a big aha moment because so many nights i would go to bed and i would say I need sleep. I, I can't do that. I, I'm only going to get five hours or four hours. I need to go to bed and sleep. And then through the morning, the miracle morning and the workouts and the, the thing that I do, I realize that it takes energy to make energy. So it doesn't matter if I got less sleep. If I got that morning started right, I sail through my whole day with energy. In fact, I've and you've probably been through this. I've woken up toasted and through working out when toasted, I had energy through the whole day.
1: Yeah. And and I think the secret there is that you obviously have to sort of change what you would do. You know, on days that I feel great, I can go for a PR on days that I'm toasted. It's let's just get some blood flow and we'll knock off the cobwebs. And your intent for that particular workout is different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the energy. You need that fuel.
1: So do you do this seven days a week? Uh, Five days a week. Five days. Okay. I give myself a couple off. On the other two days a week, how do you start your day?
0: Um, you know, I, so I have a little one year old, so it's going to start at seven either way, (laughs) whether I want it to or not. Right. Um, usually playing with the boy in bed and then, uh, me and my wife wake up. We'll do, we usually make coffee runs on the weekend. It's like our little way of habit of getting something going and doing something. But I realized that if I have a, like a weekend project or something that's going to be really busy, I will throw in a, throw in a workout in the morning to get the energy up. Okay. But I try and cut myself some slack, which is really uncomfortable for me. <laughs> it's like I, I I demand a lot of myself, so well, taking time off is demanding.
1: <laughs> and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Sure. Um. But real quick, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. Uh, Darren Hardy said, you know, get one book, read it twenty times. Is there a book that you've read significantly more than one or two times? And absolutely. So, which, which book? Absolutely. So the one, if you if you. Yeah,
0: I'll just, I have like a few. Um, the one that started off for me was about 10 years ago. And it's this old book called The Science of Getting Rich. And it sounds like just a money hungry, something stupid. But it was actually all about uh, visualization and putting it into acting as, as if and then acquiring. And that was big for me. And I just obsessed about it. And it was written in the 1800s, I believe. Um, but that got my journey started. I believed I was, no no one was special that was there. I could do it. Mm-hmm. and I started. Um, the next one for me, I would say, is The Compound Effect, and that's by Darren Hardy. Uh, it's not a plug. It's a solid book on habits, right? And there's been a bunch of guys who've written the habits book, but it's an excellent one, and I burned that one into my brain for sure.
1: Compound Effect is easily in my top three or five books. It's uh, I, I love it. I recommend it to everybody. When I started my gym in 2012, it was one of the first books I read. It completely changed my personal and professional life, and I even bought it for, for many of my clients. Uh, it, it's a tremendous book.
0: Darren Hardy, he absolutely lives what he is talking about, too. There is no question about that.
1: So uh, we'll come back to Compound Effect, but are there any other books that you've read a few other times? Yeah,
0: okay. I've had a couple that weren't as heavy, but right now I'm listening to one called The Art of Extreme Self-Care, and my therapist recommended this to me. And it's all about boundaries and taking care of yourself. Um, it's putting yourself first. And I am so much of a peacemaker. I love peace. I love keeping things easy going and oh, everyone's happy. But I am at the detriment of myself. So right now I am just a boundaries studying master. I, I want to really master that. And I want to tell people what I think, even if it's going to hurt them. Right. Um, if it's the fair and reasonable thing that it needs to be said. So. I'm doing that. I'm actively working on that.
1: Well, and I'm sure as an entrepreneur, even, even for an entrepreneur in one line of work, uh, having boundaries between work and and family is tough, but you're involved with multiple entrepreneurial pursuits. So I'm sure that those boundaries, you know, will, will help you. Oh, they have to be crystal clear because people will take advantage of your time,
0: not on purpose, but they, people want your time and your energy and, you name it, people, if you don't give clear-cut boundaries on what they need to do to help the company, that I mean, there's boundaries everywhere. And I think people don't realize how great of a study it is.
1: So I don't want to maybe look into time management a little bit with you, because this is a question that uh, I was actually asked recently. Um, and I thought it was a really cool thing that, that we could explore either on the podcast or, or some other avenue. But you know, since you brought it up, I mean, how do you manage your time? How do you prevent people from stealing your time? I call them time vampires. Um, Good one. <laughs> how do you, how do you avoid those situations?
0: All right. So you're going to offend everyone, but you got to do it. If you want to be serious about this, you got to just put your phone on a permanent, do not disturb. So you're never going to be interrupted unless it's a handful of people like wife, mother, certain people, they need to be able to access you. Otherwise, everyone else, you can get the text when you look at your phone. You don't need to know that they are texting you right now. Same with calls. Uh, don't take unscheduled calls unless it's for those specific people. Otherwise, you're just going to start violating left and right. And then nothing is more valuable than when you sit with someone and give them undivided attention. Seriously. And how offensive is it for me where I'm at now when someone is doing their phone and and they're with me kind of, but they're, but they're not, not. with me kind of? Right. Right. Um, so time management that's the first step. Second step, um, when you make those boundaries, I work from seven to five. Well, I work from eight to five as far as the calendar is concerned. Um, you you hold to them. When you have a meeting, you hold to that. And you never, ever be late unless it's a great reason. And I'm never late. Mason's sitting over here in the office. But am I ever late? Sometimes. No, you're not ever late. He says I'm never. And, he's I, got a, and you have a one-year-old and you're never late. That's impressive. Dude, but it becomes planning. You have to plan. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I've covered never late. I've covered the boundaries of the time. Um, here's a great one. And I, this has been big for me. You need to put priorities of available time. So I use Calendly. So I have slots for regular stuff. I have slots for VIP stuff. And we give out Calendly links depending on what it is. Does it need to happen now? Does it need to happen in the next few weeks? And then people hop on your calendar and it's booked and it's effortless. And anyone can implement like a Calendly situation. And they and a lot of times I give a Calendly link and they're like, hey, you're out four weeks. And I'm like, yep. And there's nothing else to discuss. So,
1: um,
0: And it, it all depends on who needs you, you know. And if it's yeah. very unimportant for your major – your goals – they can wait four weeks. It's no big deal. And those boundaries are uncomfortable. People love making people happy. And it's, I think it developing the habit of keeping yourself happy and being totally kind and fair and reasonable is
1: valuable, but people get
0: hurt with boundaries.
1: Yeah. Um, those are all great tips and, and I use most of those. Um, I know I've heard quite a few of those. Uh, it's interesting as you talk, there's, forget what book it is. It's one of those famous uh, books on business or, or life or something. Um, and you may know it when I say it, but there's, whatever the book is, it has quadrants. Uh, and in those four quadrants, it, it, it helps. sounds Covey. Yes, that's it. It's Covey. Okay. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. and um, And he talks about the difference between things that are important and things that are urgent. And you need to know the difference. And then there's also like, Urgent, but not important. And then there's urgent and important. There's important, but not urgent. and, and I, I forget. It's something like yeah. that. I'll, I'll find it. If you guys are listening, I'll find that. Go to the... Um... I would like it, actually. Okay. One of my buddies is kind of geeking out on it, and I would like to learn it. Okay. Um, yeah. but, but basically... Uh, let me try to. Uh, I, I'm I'm putting myself on the spot. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to do some editing to make it look like it didn't take me this long to come up with it. But, but basically, hey, edit me too, then. I'll do that. I'll do that. So, but but basically, for you, if you guys listening, it's it's distinguishing between something that's urgent and something that is uh, it's important but not urgent. So, like when the phone rings, you know, like Shane just said, if it's not one of those three or four people, then it's not urgent. And you don't have to answer it right then, uh you know a bill that you get in the mail is urgent, but I'm not going to deal with it at one o'clock on a work day you know so yes. so it's learning how to prioritize things and taking care of things almost in a triage situation so uh I think medicine and triage is a great way to look at prioritizing things, and you know if you put yourself either on a battlefield or or in an emergency room, people are forced to make decisions in a in a hierarchy of what what do I need you know if somebody comes in with a gunshot wound and somebody comes in with a broken leg the gunshot wound is going to get treated first that's important and urgent the broken leg is important but it's not quite as urgent Um, so that's that's kind of the principle there with this quadrant thing Um, I'll figure out what book that is and and which uh, I'll get an image of that quadrant we'll put it on the blog post for this for you guys
0: I would like that. Yeah, it's totally okay. Covey. I think I heard that recently. Uh, one other thing I would throw to give people hope and faith when they're disappointing everyone in their life is you train people how to how to interact with you. So if you get a call and you take it to an email to get back, like, "Hey, I missed your call. Mm-hmm. I like to set up my calls before. You know, I don't take them on the fly." You're training them, or you uh, reply to a text thirty, sixty minutes out, training them. It's yep. like. Don't if you if you're an instant guy, you just train them that you're an instant guy. Yep. and Everyone expects an instant guy.
1: Yep. Uh, people yeah. people will treat you the way that you allow them to. And and you're right. Like if boundaries. You, yep. You set those boundaries. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> perfect. I love it. This is great. It's my study. OK, <laughs> so this is all in the book. Uh, the art of extreme self-care. Yeah. OK, that's yeah. cool. I will check that one out for you guys listening. Make sure you check that now. Um, let's go back to uh, Compound Effect and Darren Hardy. Um, I, I just think it's really cool that that he's a, a mentor of yours how did that happen
0: yeah i went to i went to, he has a high performance uh it's it's a daily one with a much bigger audience i um, mean i got so much out of one of his affordable days that i i joined his high performance forum and that's where he gets you know i think my group was 16 people in a room for three days and he coaches he fire hoses everything he's got for your business and I left there and no joke the stuff I took action on probably made a hundred thousand dollars difference in my business in that same year like he fire hoses so after that point I was like okay he's familiar with me and I'm I'm back at Walker which is a family business and we hired a marketing consultant who happened to be Darren was on his board Hmm. the company was named predictive ROI they did our marketing and they were great and so Now I know Darren because he's on a board of someone I'm working with. And um, next thing you know, I'm trying to remember how this came down, but I ended up uh, reaching out to him to kind of endorse my book. Mm -hmm. And I crafted it with everything I had and everything that we had interacted on. And he's like, I get about 50 of these a year, and this is the only one I'm going to do this year. And I was like, wow. That's
1: awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so whatever I did, I did it right. But he is uh, it's hard to get that guy's time. Yeah, I, I'd say five minutes is worth over five thousand bucks or something. It's ridiculous. Well, and
1: he, he probably employs many of those things, strategies oh, that we just talked about. Right? He is. He has boundaries.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is an excellent boundary person. I, I don't know anybody who's successful at a high level in business that doesn't have those boundaries, though. Uh, I don't either. How could you? Right. I'm not sure you could make it. Um. So so talk a little bit about um. Whether it was the book or or if you can share some of the stuff from from those events, you know, how has that book and, and how has his advice, you know, helped you and changed, you know, your practices, your business?
0: I got a I got a great one. Um, and then just cue me on after this because I'll forget what the question was. Okay. Um, but so right now um, I hired a new assistant. His name is Will. And he has had all these projects for years on his plate. And he's always, he's going to get to them, but they're huge. He has a book he's been working on for 20 years in his head. It's humongous. It's the biggest elephant you could ever eat, right? And he's always, and he, and he was looking at it in a big way. And I was like, dude, just write me like what it's about in an email. And he did. And it's like, dude, just outline the book basically with chapters. And then he did. And it's like, dude, go to Barnes and Noble and pick a book that looks like you want it to look. And he did. And I think I finally, it clicked for him because he's like, I'm going to write the book. I'm writing it now. And it was he was looking at the elephant and you just, it's just a piece. It's just that little compound effect. You just, it's just a 30 minutes, one day a week. And then it's 30 minutes, five days a week. It's, it's the, it's that stuff everyone knows about, but believe it. Cause it is real. It's those small bites that get
1: you everywhere. And that's the thing is a lot of the stuff that's in compound effect or, or in these strategies that uh, like the, the eating an elephant one bite at a time, I'm laughing as you're talking about the elephant because uh, we've had Joel Salatin on the show and, and he always oh, cool. uses that one. He's like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Uh, <laughs> but these things sound so simple and it's like- Too simple, right? Yeah. When, when you're struggling with whatever this thing is in your life that requires that solution, you're so close to the problem and you're just like- there's no way that solution that's that simple can fix this thing I'm dealing with but but it does
0: it absolutely can i I bet all there's listeners out there they're starting a company, they're starting a workout, they're starting something in their life that's big. It's so simple. just what's that small bite? what's that one seventh bite of a week you know
1: yeah it's you know, the stuff, I know the yeah. stuff, but it's hard implementing. It's a little trickier. <laughs> well, you stole my next question it was, what can our listeners do tomorrow to start employing the compound effect in their life?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways, but just that book example was a great one. Um, whatever your big thing is, just find those few small pieces. Um, and for me, uh, my gym thing, I was a gym dropout and I could get results in the gym. And I would, I would get 60, 90 day results. I'd be like, Oh, look at my chest and shoulders and my weight's gone up and on and on. I couldn't maintain that. I could never maintain that. I would always ebb and flow and Oh, the new diet. Oh, it worked. And now it doesn't work. And I'm so much more impressed when people show me a habit that they can stay to for a year. Like that's impressive to me. When someone's like, I'm going to eat just greens and chicken breasts for a month it's like who cares you could never maintain that if you can maintain it that's impressive that's my feeling personally
1: so one of the things that you do that employs the compound effect is your push-up routine right yeah tell us about every every single
0: shower no matter what drop down and do push-ups it's pretty simple and right now i'm doing i've i've done so many push-ups that now I'm doing the push-up clap ones. And I bought those push-up twisters. I'm trying to vary my push-ups. And I, I want to learn how to do the balance kind where your whole body's off the ground. Oh, but, like a, a uh,
1: planche. It,
0: yeah. But dude, my trigger is a shower and I never miss that trigger. And now it works. works. You don't do these in the shower. You do them while you wait on the water <laughs> to warm up. That sounds, right? that sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Flip it on, do them, hop in. And it used to be 50 and then it was thirty, real slow. And then it's the clappers, and I'm mixing it up all the time. But that trigger is excellent. That's the trigger everyone has, hopefully,
1: at least once a week. <laughs> well, if it's not that, sh- if it's not the shower trigger, it's something. You know, pick a whether, trigger. Right, brushing your teeth, putting in your contacts, uh, doing the dishes, whatever. And and they're they're gonna be like that was too easy. That shouldn't matter. That's
0: that's that matters.
1: Well, it, it absolutely does because and this is this is the compound effect. If you look at it's okay. So doing. Fifty push-ups one time is not going to change your body, but Nothing. fifty push-ups over 365 days is—I I don't know the math on that—but it's a lot of push-ups. You know, it's—it's it's, oh, it's like 180,000 push-ups or somewhere in that range, and that will change your body if you do. Could you
0: imagine if I was like, "Hey, dude, you got to do 180,000 push-ups this year"? You'd be like, "Oh,
1: how?" i am I going to write the book? And and that's, yeah, that's the point is like, it's, it's your habits. It's, and I think this is when I, uh, my degrees in, in nutrition, I've, I've taught a lot of people with, with nutrition and, and, you know, that example that you gave with the chicken breasts mm-hmm. and the broccoli, you know, that that's, it's not sustainable. And the way we look at dieting is like looking at the current weather. But I always felt like climate was a much better analogy. So we want. You know, If you look at the way somebody eats over a year and if you stray for five days or 15 days or 25 days over the course of a year, you're still looking back at that year and you've got this person person who ate a certain way for 330, 340 days out of a year. That person, Can you imagine how that adds up? Right, right. So you, you've got to look at this thing on a much, much bigger scale and not just today or this week or this month.
0: Dude, I so now I'm I'm at this point in my life where, okay, I, I understand the compound effect. I understand small bites. And now I'm looking at ridiculous inventors and achievers, and I'm going, I'm not sure even the outcome, but what habit would get me crazy results? And it's like, okay, if you run your life like this, run your hours like this, run your health like this, run your energy like this, run your relationships like this, that's great. You're going to get crazy success.
1: Yeah. And that's uh, one of the things I did back in 2012 when I read the book was uh, we got rid of TV because it was like, you know. At the time, you know, you're watching an hour, maybe two hours a day of TV. But as I was building my business, you know, the, that two hours a day gave me an extra 14 hours a week. And over the course of a year, that was you know, 14 hours in a week, which was almost an extra 50 or 60 hours in a month, which was almost you know, an extra 500 hours put towards building this business in the first year.
0: That's huge how could you find that time otherwise? Like, Hey, set aside 500 hours this year. You'd be like,
1: where am I going to do that? Right. Yeah.
0: But if it's a little bit, so I'm writing a new book where I translated, um, the journal of Marcus Aurelius and it was a huge undertaking. And I knew it was a half hour of translation, a page. And I just got down to that micro element and I scheduled 150 meetings or 150, you know, hours to get two pages and it got the book done, but it's a humongous project and I started last summer, but it worked. I'm here. I'm at the
1: end. I'm finishing the art now and stuff. That's but, exciting. I can't wait yeah. to check that out. It's really cool. He was so wise. Dude. So tell us a little bit about that project and, and you know, when the book's going to be available, where we can get it, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. So um, Marcus Aurelius, he, you know, Roman emperor, really wise dude. Um And he kept journals for himself. It was never for the public. And eventually, you know, someone found the journals. They translated them in the 1800s, and there's been many translations since. But it's just all of his wisdom. Well, I loved it, and I really took to it, and I listened to it in Audible a lot. But for me, the verbiage was just too much. It was, it was kind of biblical type speak, like thine ought not only da da da. And I was like, this someone needs to just translate into simple stuff and and so this might be bad for your listeners but for me i'm like i'm gonna make this no,
1: you sixth could, grade style yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's that's how i wouldn't want to listen to it like in old english or it's hard it takes a second
0: it's a little extra effort and they, he uses words we never use right i mean it was latin but the translator he it was it's hard so i was like i'm gonna translate this whole thing and then when that's done i'm gonna triple highlight i'm gonna highlight with one color stuff that's important Another color stuff that's really important. And then with one highlighter, I'm going to illustrate these pages. Um, And so I just took on this little creative project last summer. And uh, I'm at the very end now. Um, And I don't – I mean, it's going to be on Amazon. Meditations Made Simple is the name. Awesome. But, but dude, I look through my stuff now that I've translated. And I really enjoy it more than the original because it's easy. Right. Yeah.
1: That's fascinating. So you you were translating it from – Latin or the old English? So I, the guy
0: who I translate it translated off of his name long and he was the 1800s translator and it's considered the most accurate translation. And when it's the most accurate, it's actually awkward. It feels like a journal many times, Yeah. but I'm like, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to go off the most accurate and I'm going to translate it from long's English into whatever I just did. Perfect. But it's so enjoyable to read.
1: Nice. nice. And I hired an
0: editor to make it, you know, read perfectly and space perfectly and, It's good. It's really good.
1: When's it coming out?
0: Um, I've got it sitting right in my car right now.
1: I, I have. I did the
0: art. (laughs) I always underguess things. So if I guessed a month, it's got to be double. Okay. What's that? Two months. (laughs) November. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe triple, but no.
1: Give me two months. I got it. It'll it'll be out in 2016.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: I can promise you that. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, It was supposed
0: to be out this spring, by the way. Based on my calendar but things change
1: they do they do but you yeah, stuck yes. with it you kept doing yeah. it and now you are almost at completion for your second book dude and i'll be sure
0: and send you a copy
1: oh, That's cool. that'd be great man um uh, let's talk about your first one uh the float tank cure so yes. before we talk about the book you uh, run a company's in float company that manufactures float tanks um yes you you've said on your site and and, and you clearly come across as a guy who doesn't idle well. Um, You know, you don't like to do nothing. How did you get into floating and what was it like to, to go through those first few floats? How did you get over that barrier of like calming your mind, being still, doing nothing?
0: Dude, so I found my way to floating out of absolute panic and anxiety breakdown, like total mental collapse. And it's, it's a longer story and I cover it in the book, but I was running myself ragged. I had unhealthy habits with alcohol and drugs and mentality and I, I collapsed. And from there I went to medications, therapists, i all sorts of things. And I worked at it for a lot of years to get out of it. And I, I got to stable ground, but my therapist who I ended up really liking, um, his name was Stephen Chen. He was like, "You need to meditate. You're an anxious person. You need to practice meditation." He's like, "Listen to a guided meditation," and it it totally took for me because meditating was too hard. I couldn't just do nothing, think about nothing, but guided meditations could. Mm-hmm. I could just listen, and my mind followed wherever it was supposed to go. And it was that that meditation was the big shift for me. And what ended up happening is. With meditation, I was always being distracted. I'd be moving, uncomfortable. If I got too comfortable, I'd fall asleep, and there'd be a dog bark, someone knocks at the door, on and on. And I was looking for an e- an easier way to meditate, and I stumbled onto a Joe Rogan video about floating. It's this chamber where you lay on your back in salt water, and you don't see or hear and feel. And I was like, "Oh my god, I've got to have one of these." <laughs> and at the time, this was this is like six years ago, so floating was really weird and there wasn't a lot of places to float especially here so i was like screw it i'm gonna build a float tank like i'm halfway handy i'm gonna build one
1: and and at that time most of the tanks were the old school like the ones that were like a coffin absolutely and not to met, even old school
0: they were easily i mean you're gonna spend 15 20, bucks to get a float tank and out of necessity i was like i'm building one and the least i could do is put the plans online so i just as i built i kept putting everything i learned online the receipts, what it costed, what type of fertilizer tank, and then everyone started following me building these tanks. Like, and it was like, what? There's more people out there who want to float who can't afford it. So necessity, it was crazy.
1: So, are you kind of the father of the modern float tank?
0: No, definitely, definitely not. And to be, I mean, to be totally transparent, um, I was building float tanks, and uh, the partner I have now, William, um, he reached out to me, made friends, and he's like you got to build one of these out of canvas. So I would say William, me, my brother, we started building them out of canvas for home flotation use. So yeah, we, we started the home flotation, but I I don't think anything too crazy special, (laughs) but necessity
1: (laughs) for sure. So let's go back to your first couple of floats. I mean, you mentioned coming to floating, dealing with anxiety, panic attacks. To me, it seems like most people I know that have high anxiety and, and would be at risk for a panic attack, that a float tank may not be their first choice of places to go.
0: Yeah, I think I think you need to get to a stable ground. You need to know what's coming. Um, and then you could get in a tank. But people always say, like, if you're gonna float, you can even leave the door open. Make sure you feel comfortable. Maybe try a few floats. And I to be totally honest, it was so like amazing and romantic what I thought was going to happen. Your first few floats, you're just you're uncomfortable. You don't, this isn't for everyone. But for me, I was like, I'm not used to this. What's this salt on my eye. And it was once, once the habit started, the magic happened in a float tank. Once again, back on habits. But
1: if you had to give it a number, how many floats do you think it takes the average person to kind of enter where that magic is happening?
0: I'm glad you asked that. We tell everyone who's like, I'm interested in floating." Go three times. If you go once, you might not like it. Twice you're settling in by the third time. Most people are like, I had a great float. I was totally relaxed and I really enjoyed it. And, and a lot of the float benefit comes in your
1: life. Do you not, not as much in the tank. Do you think there's a timeline in which those first three should be done? Like three within a two week period or I'd I'd go once a week, three weeks.
0: Yeah. But it it wouldn't hurt if you cranked it up a little.
1: Okay. So then let's talk about the book float tank cure. Um,
0: what prompted that total necessity so people would ask me well i want to float or someone come up like uh asking me about floating and the first thing i always thought was like oh man the float tanks covers too many aspects are you into sports do you have panic and anxiety are you trying to do you have like a pain disorder or do you need to relax and i always every time i had to explain floating i was like well what's your ailment what are you working on and then i was like someone just needs to write a book that you could hand someone that covers every single benefit so like they flip to what they're interested in cuz a lot of people are like i'm not interested in the spiritual far out stuff or right. they're like i'm not interested in the sports athletics stuff and so it was just necessity i wanted it so it and it didn't exist so i made it so if our listeners
1: wanted to check that out where can they get it yeah amazon uh, it's called the float tank cure yeah. So we'll have a link to that on the uh, show notes as well for you guys listening. So again, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see um, the video. You'll be able to get links to all these books that we're talking about. And of course, links to Shane's books, his website. Oh, I'll link to some of the blog posts that we referenced earlier. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so Shane, with with your position in the float industry, what's what's on the horizon? What What can we look forward to, uh, as float enthusiasts or, you know, people... Dude, sorry to interrupt you. I'm no, go, that. Ahead. go Finish ahead. a well, moment ago. It it's just, I was going to say just, you know, as people who like to, you know, explore their consciousness and, and, you know, build upon that kind of practice or habit.
0: Dude, it's incredible. Like I just came back from the conference a couple of weeks ago, uh, the conference, I mean, just at people attending the conference, which is usually float center owners, it went from like 300 to 500 to 700. It was 700-something this year. So we're talking when I was getting ready to float, there wasn't even one in my state. Now there's probably five in my state.
1: Well, um, and, I'll, and I'll say, too, I mean, the, the, you and I were trying to link up at the conference and, and couldn't and didn't even run into each other uh, accidentally. Big. I mean, that's how there. big it was. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just – and you want to know
0: what's – another like, uh, way of measuring that for me is um, – now, when floating comes up, many people have heard of it. It's less of that. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. you know, so that's a good sign. <laughs> right.
1: So, so what's on the horizon?
0: The horizon for floating, um, not because I have a home float tank, but I think home floating is going to be popular among the people that go like the once a weekers, more than once a week. Uh, that's kind of our people. Um, but yeah, what's coming for floating? They're making float tanks better across the board. Float tanks are just getting awesome. Trying to think, what is coming for our industry?
1: Well, let's. You can meditate on that a little bit. Let me. Let me ask mm-hmm. you a couple of questions then about your home, the home units. So, for people interested in those, I mean, what's the? What are the logistics of putting one of those in in our homes? Is it? You know, how much space do we need and all that?
0: Yeah. So the footprint is eight foot by four foot. Um, it's about five and a half feet tall. Uh, there's people putting them next to their bed, so you don't need a ton of space, right? right. Uh, you'll, there's a filter that runs most of the time, so you're probably not going to want it in your bedroom. But um, it's shipped small package; it's very light. The, one of the things that's going to be tricky is you got to get salt. You need 800 pounds for our float tank. Um, I think I don't even think a lot of people realize you, they can float at home, it's, so it's kind of cool because a lot of people that. Uh, find us are just shocked that they can float for a couple thousand dollars and have a tank. So,
1: so a couple thousand dollars for the tank, and then how much does 800 pounds of salt cost?
0: You're going to be in probably 600 ships, 6, 7. And But the the thing everyone needs to know is it's like a hot tub. So you, you put all that salt in, you, you have the water, and now you just maintain your water. And we have someone who, who came in the other day. Uh, he has had his water for a couple years, and he maintains it well. We usually tell people, Around a year, he might replace the salt, but he's he's going strong. And it's all about maintenance. And just to be clear, we have had customers who come to us, and they're totally a float center type floater. Like, I want to go every other week, once a month and we they end up finding disappointment like i didn't plan on maintaining this float tank in my house the people we are after for home floating they're they're enthusiasts they're right. floating daily sometimes and right. so that's that's who we're after we don't want everyone buying a tank from us we want people to go to float centers
1: right yeah. yeah so that's another question too i mean about like if if you had a tank at your house i mean you've got to deal with like getting in getting out like where's the like you're going to be wet so you've got to have it on a surface where you know you can deal with that there's a lot it helps it
0: helps if it's a hard surface tile wood you're you're better
1: off if you're on carpet you just have to be way more careful because that salt water
0: it leaves like a little salty residue
1: so the people that are floating at home in in your tanks i mean is that experience pretty close you know in terms of sensory deprivation dude
0: so i we are setting up a tank here um, and it's not done yet so i went to a float center today and i this is 100% honest, doesn't matter what side of the fence I'm on. It's the exact, it's the exact experience. It's pitch black. It's nothing. We nail nothing. And in fact, our float tank is more light proof than a lot of the commercial ones. So it's, we, the, we nail the effect and a lot of float centers end up having the room go dark to get around that. And I'm not, I'm not ragging on tanks, but we have, we have nailed nothing. I guess you could say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's, uh, what's the website for, for those?
0: Yeah, Zen Float Co.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's for the – and they probably – some of your listeners might have heard of the float tent. We had a pretty big Kickstarter a couple years ago. It's really cool.
1: Gotcha. All right. So that's you guys. Make sure you listeners head over. If you want a float tent for your house, check out ZenFloatCo.com. Yeah, um, and if you
0: haven't floated, get into a center.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Floatation Locations is a good website for you guys to go to if you're trying to find a float center near you. Totally. Aaron's a good guy that runs that. Yeah, we got to, I did get to meet up and, and hang out with him a little bit at the uh, conference. A couple He's a good ago. guy. Yeah. So, Shane, how old are you?
0: Oh, geez. I think I'm 33. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, 25 wasn't that long ago. Uh, one of the questions we like to ask people is the one thing that you wish you knew uh, at 25 or that you could tell yourself at 25. So, maybe let's take it back to like 23, 24. Even right. you're twenty-five. But what would you tell that version of yourself?
0: Ooh. Um a weird one struck me and I don't know how it's gonna come out, but I want to say it anyway.
1: Go for
0: it. Um a lot of people might view like a relationship as like, oh, I'm I like a relationship, it, I can't be wild and single. I, I'm gonna play and party and be single, but honestly. Uh, a, a long-term relationship um, changed everything for me. It Not only is a long-term relationship an excellent mirror for yourself to see what, what you need to work on, but it stabilizes life because when I was 23 and 25, life was very unstable. It was just drinking, chasing, and chaos. And then once you find that person, you work together, you work on something bigger your, your hours of being awake are probably more stable. You're not chasing. That's more stable. You can apply your energy elsewhere and you're building something bigger than just a dating thing, you know? And so I don't know how that came out, but that was huge.
1: I think, I think that'll resonate with a lot of people. That's very cool.
0: I seriously, I, I feel like, uh, oftentimes single people will be like, I just can't give that up. I just can't, I, you know, I, I just love going out and I love doing this and that. And then it's like, it's pretty valuable actually. It's <laughs> there's nothing to give up,
1: you know? Right? Yeah. All right. So uh, Shane, we before we ask you the, the final question, uh let's go through all your sites again one more time, just so folks know where to look you up. Your, oh. your personal website, books, um, Zenfloatco. Yeah, thank you for that. Um
0: so I mean, I from my personal site I you can find everything, but that's shanestot.com and it's not with a C, it's S T is in Tom O T T, and that people mess that up constantly. So if you can't make it to shanestott.com and find everything, you can go to Walker Tape is the family business, Zen Float Co is the tanks, and if you want the books, I'm just Amazon's easy. So the books are on Amazon.
1: And- the easiest thing to do is just to go to naturalstacks.com. Absolutely, Google, and you'll have more links. Yeah, uh, or, or Google Naturalstacks plus Shane Stott, you'll find this blog post, and uh, and we'll have all the links there.
0: Dude, uh, are you going to give me some of the uh, stuff to wake up
1: to get the motor running? Yeah, we can't we can't have somebody as amazing as Shane Stott waking up drinking five hour energy. <laughs> I, didn't, I gotta find. I didn't know there was a great alternative. so This is going to be <laughs> awesome. All right before we let you go, the one question that every guest has to answer, we want to know your top three tips to live optimal. So you've got to distill all of this amazing knowledge that you have into your mind down into three tips. All right. Three tips.
0: First off, if you think you've got it all figured out, you definitely don't. And one of my biggest things ever I've done for myself is I'm always in a with a therapist and not because I need therapy, because I think you're gonna train your body and you're gonna train your business and you're gonna do all this stuff, but you're not gonna work on your mind and your the way you think about things and understand relationships. So I would say therapy. Um I would say energy, you have got to get on some sort of energy creation plan. So for me, that's every single morning starting it off with the workout to have the energy to go do great things. And so I didn't have my three planned out, but I would say my third from just sitting here thinking would be uh be a constant study because there is so much out there. And the more, you know, the more you realize, you know, nothing. And then the more you realize why other people do the things they do. And so maybe just get the audible habit. It's like having a college degree every it's like taking how many classes if you listen to audible every morning or every, self-help audible
1: books or. Yeah, yeah. Books, books. So what did I come up better. with? i came up with therapy uh, you, therapy uh energy creation and uh continuous education i like that i like that yeah if i think of more
0: i'll write you maybe
1: <laughs> yeah if If you do and, and we'll either have you back on the show or, or we'll, we'll add them to the blog post but uh shane this has been awesome i can't thank you enough for for sharing your time and, and sharing you know your story your advice your wisdom um for you guys listening, thanks a lot for tuning in. Make sure, uh, as we've said a few times, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this. It has the video. It'll have all the links and resources. Uh, go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. If we re- read your review at the beginning of the show, uh, we'll hook you up with some Natural Stacks products as a thank you. And yeah, share the OPP. Uh, we're really having a blast with our guests, and, and we feel like we're putting out great information that's helping our listeners and if you as a listener think that it's helping you and would help your friends and family, please share it with them and, and let's spread the message and help more people live optimal Shane, Thanks Dude, a you. It's so man.
0: cool what you're doing. And you're such a gracious host as far as, Hey, what's your links? Where do you, Where can they go? And so thank you. Seriously.
1: No, nah, I, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of, I mean, why not? Right? Like you're, you're doing cool stuff and you have things that can help people. So yeah, it's thank just, you, man. That's yeah, part of it. So, um, So for you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next Thursday.